Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Good and happy Saturday morning to you. It is Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW. My name is New York Vinny. In case we're meeting for the first time. Uh, this morning, we get together every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. There was a show about cars and life and what's going on in Nathan's life. You know, just so many different things that uh, they come up here on this uh, hour of horsepower, as I like to call it. Although, well, yeah, I mean, you're still defining energy in an electric car as horsepower, but it still is, you know, so it's still an hour of horsepower, but with the number of electrics coming out and, and the way they're coming at us fast and furiously it seems like uh i don't know i i'm waiting for the next term you know is there going to be another term besides horsepower and i'm sure there is maybe i'm just not hip to it uh or something like that but you you get that feeling that somewhere here along the way there will be a different uh terminology used for the output of energy to uh the wheels on the ground that's uh the measure of horsepower how much an engine or a power plant uh that's in a car whether it be an engine or a battery or whatever it is 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 measured these days in case you just didn't know that you see i try to teach you something every week on this show and some weeks that works and then some weeks you learn most important and valuable lesson of all don't get into radio uh <laughs> but be that as it may that is uh what it is as uh the kids like to say it is what it is well what is it explain to me what it is anyway i'm ranting here as uh i'm starting to sound like my, my sister who uh will go on and on at times about things and, uh, and i listen and you know we always wind up with the same thing it is what it is but I often ask the question, what is it? Well, this is a show about automobiles. That's what this is. I can explain that to you easy. Each week we get together and uh, we do our best to bring you a, uh, a radio program that's both informative and entertaining and funny. And it will hip you up to something about cars that you may not have known before, but certainly will know um once we finish up this show at just a uh a minute shy of nine o'clock so that's our that's our goal this morning we will get right to that goal in just a second Uh, a busy week in the automotive world as you know whenever you have a, a week that comes after a holiday where people um you know, take uh, a couple of days off, you get that slow week, and then all of a sudden, bop, boom. So you get a week like this, and things just get start to get a little nuts. First thing is, gas prices continue to drop, uh, not appreciably. I mean, it's not like you're going out there and you're paying now uh, $2 for what used to get you $5 worth of gas. That's not anywhere near that. But you're starting to see... Um, I don't even really what it's the result of if it's what the president has done, if it's what 
the oil companies are now getting a little shaky because the you know people more and more people are starting to look at uh, their profiteering in, in what they see right now. I I don't know, but the price is down a little bit if you go outside of Washington. If you go out. Uh, you know, to Idaho, or you, you start moving east, going east, the price drops even more. There are places uh, where we have seen that it's under $4 a gallon. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing, but, but it is uh, on the decline. I don't know how long it's going to last. Nobody knows. Don't know what the end result is going to be, except that you're going to have a few more bucks in your pocket. Uh, but what I think it does mean for a lot of people is that they can at least now start to plan uh, some kind of vacation as long as you're going east. If, well, if you're going west, you're flying pretty much, right? But you're... You know, your possibilities now of maybe squeezing in a vacation uh, because, uh, you know, not tapping out the family savings uh, is is more a reality now than maybe any time in the last few weeks. So that is uh, that's an awesome story in itself right there. And I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to enjoy some lower gas prices. And I'm sure all of us who drive cars. Except if you like me driving electric cars the last couple of weeks, uh, appreciate the opportunity as well. So that's that's good news. Um, our good friend Jill Simonillo uh, from Pickup Truck and and uh, SUV.com uh, uh, was uh, announced this week that um, she well it was announced earlier that she's participating. In the Rebel Rally, remember we talked to uh, uh, another good friend of ours last year. It's coming up on October 6th. She is in a, uh, Jill will be in a factory-sponsored team this year uh, from Hyundai uh, driving a Santa Cruz. Um, uh, so she will be uh, sporting along with uh, 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 Kristen Shaw, a, uh, a Santa Cruz in that rally. It's, uh, it's, it's always, a, I think, a fun thing to watch. And I think that it'll be uh, tons of fun for Jill, uh, who I believe was, a, was, was in this rally before, if I'm not mistaken. But their logo is up. You go to Hyundai. Uh, or just uh, Google Rebel Rally, R-E-B-E-L-L-E Rally. On October, uh, before that, you can read more about her. We'll have Jill on between now and then, but she's training, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different things you have to learn about these things. But uh, I think it will be uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be fun to keep up with her. Uh, they got a, a, a really cool looking Santa Cruz that they're going to use for this thing. And um, it's just the, uh, you know, you get a chance to, it's, it's an all woman rally and they get a chance to blend the love of uh, going off the road with uh, navigational skills, with rally skills. So uh, 
and you don't, have, and you can't have a cell phone with you. A map and a compass. No cell phones. No GPS. You just have to use uh, the seat of your pants, a compass, and a map. So you can't just push the buttons on the dashboard and it'll, you know, bring up the map and tell you where to go. So we're looking forward uh, to that uh, and hearing from uh, Jill Simonillo on that. It'll be a lot of fun. She is uh, a joy and a pleasure to talk to when we talk to her. So I expect that we will be doing that uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, some other stuff coming out of Hyundai this week that uh, I, I found uh, very interesting. They had their end day. You know, N is the designation for the performance vehicles in the Hyundai's lineup. And uh, they introduced a couple of, uh, well, it really, uh, Hyundai really introduced a lot of interesting stuff uh, this week. But uh, certainly their uh, end day, which uh, focused on those. Uh, those particular cars was uh, something to watch. Two new rolling lead concepts were introduced um, in electric discipline, electric cars. So they had the Envision 74, which is a hydrogen fuel cell hybrid model, and the R20, RN22E which is the end-brain high-performance vision of total electrification. Uh, both of these cars not um, put out there for commercial production yet, but they're going to do a lot of experimenting with these cars, and I would guess that one of these will wind up in the uh, Hyundai fleet as, uh, as an actual model. Uh, that will hit the street. Lots of good stuff. Uh, you know, I think that uh, Hyundai and Kia, uh, for my money, are going to wind up being the leaders in this uh, electrification era. I mean, you have a lot of American companies and a lot of different companies getting in here. But uh, the success of the Ionic 5 and this week, Hyundai introduced the Ionic 6 streamliner with extended range and innovative personal space. Uh, it um, should give you 610 kilometers of electric range on a single charge. Uh, it is uh, proving out to be one of the most energy efficient electric vehicles in the market. It has um, fast charging, go from 10 to 80%, just 18 minutes. This one is going to be in dealer showrooms. And uh, over-the-air updates, which is going to be the thing that you're going to watch for here. So lots of good stuff um, coming out of uh, Hyundai uh, this week. So they are... Uh, you know, they're all in on this. The dashboard of this car and the uh, interior of this car looks absolutely spectacular. And I would just uh, say to you that if you are thinking of uh, going electric, 
that you would go down there and you would look at uh, and do your research on the Hyundais and the Kias as well. Because uh, both of them, uh, both of those companies, which really uh, are parented by the same company, Hyundai, uh, really have um, some on-the-ball stuff going on when it comes to electrification. Now, talking about electrification, one of the big things that happened this week, which I think is going to help out a ton, is that General Motors announced an agreement with uh, pilot uh, truck stops to put install chargers at all of their truck stops. Look, the car companies aren't stupid. They know that in order for electric cars to work, they are going to have to build a support network and contribute to it, just like Tesla has done so well. They have a support network out there. A Tesla driver knows that they can get in that car and drive it almost anywhere, and there's going to be a station that they can plug in and charge the, uh, uh, the vehicle back up again. And we're not seeing that in, um, you know, for many of these cars, uh, it becomes a bit of a hassle when you get electric uh, because the infrastructure is there, but it's not where it needs to be yet. So it'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see how that, I forget how many pilots, um, and Flying J truck stops there are and uh, gas stations there are across the country. But there's a ton of them. When you get out of the Seattle area, they are all over the place. And so that's going to be a, a certainly a confidence builder in somebody who's going to go out for a ride that they can go in and get their car fast charged quickly. Ten minutes, grab a cup of coffee, and you're on your way again with 80% of your charge. Uh, I think that's, uh, you know, I think that that really makes the, uh, you know, the decision to buy an electric car a little easier for many people. So, uh, and finally, in stuff that you need to know about uh, this past week, Toyota made some huge news uh, this coming week. You know, the Avalon which is a car that I love. It's their big car, Toyota big car. I love this car, is going away. We just test drove one a few weeks ago. I love the car. It's uh, it's everything you want an American family car to be. Well, guess what? They haven't quite gone away yet. What we are going to get is the Toyota Crown for 2023. Now, the Crown is an interesting vehicle, to say the least. It is their oldest nameplate. There used to be Toyota Crown back when they first came over. It's um, it's kind of reminiscent. Remember that uh, Honda Cross, uh, Cross something they did a few years ago where it looked like a sedan, but it had very good off-road capability? Well, the crown 2023 uh, reminds me of that. You sit upright and high. The vehicle is higher up off the ground. Uh, and uh, it is so 
and it has a, a, a hatchback. It's tall. It's got uh, all the markings of a crossover with a 340 horsepower hybrid max powertrain. An attractive looking car. It, it It's bigger than it looks. And uh, I think this is going to be big for Toyota. Uh, 194 inches bumper to bumper, which is a little larger than the current Camry, uh, smaller than the current Avalon. Um, it's about three and a half, uh, three and three quarters inches tall, somewhere in there. And uh, it's just um, really a, a, a very pretty car but also in today's motoring, a very practical car. So uh, you can watch that. Go to our uh, Facebook page. We'll post pictures up there of the uh, Toyota Crown as uh, CNET described it. 80% sedan, 20% SUV. A lot of people think it's the uh, Toyota's uh, Nissan Juke, if you will, uh, in a larger proportion. But I like the looks of the car. And I can't wait to get behind the wheel of one and uh, and try it and have some fun with it. Uh, you know, Toyota doesn't make many bad cars, so if they're putting it out there. And it's got some style. It's got some pizzazz uh, to it also. So, I, you know, I don't think there's, uh, I, you know, until you see it in person, it's hard to tell, but I just like what this car looks like, where it's going, and where Toyota is uh, going with this. And so that's your, uh, that's pretty much your news for uh, this week. Uh, let's see. Now we are get a chance now to talk to, uh, you know, this is a car show, but every once in a while, uh, the intersection of cars and boats come together. <clears throat> And uh, right now at uh, 821 this morning, that's something that's actually going to happen here. Cars and boats coming together. The Hydroplane Museum, uh, Hydroplane Raceboat Museum that's down in Kent, is a spectacular place. Uh, if you grew up in Seattle in the uh, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, hydroplanes are a part of your summer. Hydroplanes are a part of your life. The Hydroplane and Raceboat Museum is dedicated to keeping that legacy, keeping that story of the great boats of the past, uh, the Miss Bartles, the Miss uh, the Slow Motion, uh, all these different hydros. Uh, that were out there in the past, maybe aren't out there anymore. Uh, in the case of Bartol, I think there's one of them uh, that are out there running in the vintage races. Uh, and of course, the old Miss Budweiser's. Uh, your parents talk about them so much. I'm sure anybody, ask anybody who's grown up around here about hydros, and they'll give you an hour on Bernie Little and... Uh, you know, the great drivers of the past, uh, Bill Muncie, who unfortunately was killed in a, in a hydro accident. But it's, uh, it's just, a, to me, it's a fascinating, fascinating sport. And uh, here's a place where you can go and 
learn more about it and see some of the past Gold Cup champions. Now, why then, Vinny, do you say, well, this is boats. You do a show on cars. Well, the people at the Hydroplane Museum have figured out that one of the ways they can get people down there uh, and be more interested in the museum is to marry up two of the cool things that people love. Motors in cars and motors in hydroplanes. So today, uh, the uh, Hydroplane Museum is uh, going to open up their doors, open up their gates, and have the 2022 Hydros and Hot Rods event starting at uh, 10 o'clock this morning, all day. It's uh, down on 196th Street in Kent, uh, uh, South 196th Street. Jill Glass is from the museum, and she joins us right now. Jill, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. You know, I'm nursing a little bit of sore throat this morning, but other than that, which, you know, in this business is not always a good thing to have, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're powering through, Jill. We're powering through. Good. So tell me a little bit about your event this morning. I, I um, Obviously, you're doing a hot rod show. Uh, giving people a chance to uh, learn about the hydros a little bit more, know more about the hydros, and maybe even get their car taken, uh, uh, get a picture of their car taken in a hot rod next to a hydro, huh? They can. That is true. Um, We're going to be down here at the Hydro Museum at uh, 5917 South 196 here in Kent. Uh, The show starts at 10 this morning. And cars are coming in as we speak, trying to be staged and getting all their little prep and shine all done up for the day, as well as us bringing out uh, some of the unlimited hydroplanes of the past to be out in the parking lot with those hydroplanes, or excuse me, with those with those hot rods. Um, it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to not only see the cars, but see the boats. The museum will be open until 4 o'clock today. So if you want to come on down and check those out, we've got um, tour guides here that will be able to do the histories of the hydros and obviously the car owners here to talk to you about their cars. Wow, sounds like a, a neat event. Uh, you deal with hydro owners, you deal with hot rod owners. Um, yeah. Which are the easier ones to deal with? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sometimes they're one and the same. So we have we have a lot of hydro owners that are also hot rod owners. And, you know, anybody that's into collecting anything or involved in any kind of a motorsport, they're just motorheads, so they're all fun to deal with. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, there's a point of pride. I mean, especially now, obviously, uh, you know these uh, the, the the old hydros are bigger, and um, pro- usually, uh, not always, but usually a, a larger investment, a more rare vehicle uh, than just your typical thirty uh, four Ford uh, pickup truck or something like that. But um, there's uh, these these boats have all of a sudden, um, not just all of a sudden, but around here certainly have become um, 
a lot of people interested in him again, a point of interest for a lot of people. Aren't there more people coming out to see boats? Yes, there are. Um, it, we have found a bit of a resurgence in the interest in the hydroplane industry and boats on water. Um, and, you know, we've, I, I think a lot of that is because of what, you know, we've been through over the last number of years and not being able to come together and all of that. And so it's any opportunity to get out now with your hot rod, with, with a hydroplane. And if you can combine those two, all the better. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking to Jill Glass from the, uh, Hydroplane and Race Boat Museum down in Kent. Hydros and hot rods take a place today um, at the museum. If you have a, a cool car, even if you don't have a cool car, just take it down there and look at the other cool cars. You don't have to have a cool car to go down there, but it helps. Um, if if somebody comes down and walks through the museum, Jill, what's what's most likely to strike them first? Well, first of all, I think they're going to be shocked by the number of boats that we have down here. We currently have approximately 12 vintage unlimited boats that are fully restored. Wow. And the majority of those hydroplanes are water worthy. So we bring them out three times a year and put them on the water. Not all of them, but a number of them. For example, at Seafair this year, we will have four vintage unlimiteds on the water running along with those h1 boats not at the same time obviously but we will be doing our own heats so that people can see the old piston powered boats um, we also have an event that we do every year in october in chelan that is sponsored by the museum where we bring out somewhere between 10 and 15 vintage unlimited hydroplanes and put them out on lake washington excuse me, Lake Chelan. So it's living history on the water. And that's what we do. We're a full volunteer organization and we're a working museum. And we've currently got one boat, the 1971 Miss Madison Gold Cup winner, who is in current full um, restoration mode. Uh, and we just got done completing the 62... Miss Notre Dame and the 1979 Squire Shop. So those those last two boats that I just talked about will be making their maiden debut this year at Seeker. Wow, that's that's spectacular. I mean, again, I wasn't in Seattle for uh, the you know the 60s, uh, the heyday of the hydros, but I happen to be familiar with hydros because my father who owned a gas station. Uh, was also a big Bardall dealer. And uh, I don't know if it was 64 or 65, they actually brought uh, Miss Bardall uh, back east and sent it around to some of the Bardall dealers to display at the gas station. And I, I never forget falling in love with that boat. Just I hadn't seen anything quite like it before. And uh, it, it really, um, you know, standard one next to one of the piston engines, one, engine ones that fire up. It's really an experience. I mean, you feel it in your bones. Yes, you do. And yeah, once it's, it's in there, you, you just can never, ever get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really something. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Now, now if you do, do, um, 
Do you ever fire the boats up uh, at the museum or outside the museum so people can experience that at all? We do. It's um, on on very rare occasion, um, usually prior to us getting ready for um, e- events or like seafair uh, water follies that's coming up at the end of the month over in Tri-Cities. So we are in the midst of getting our boats ready to go over and actually be run here in the next couple of weeks. And so our crews have been down here working on the boats. And um, we'll bring them out and fire trailer fire them. Uh, we just never know when that's going to happen. Right, right. Uh, if you live near Lake Washington, you usually know when it's happening, though. <laughs> it's, it seems like uh, <laughs> you definitely when, when, can when, hear it. That's for sure. Yeah, you always get that uh, those uh, phone calls at the uh, the radio station or something. Hey, well, what's going on on Lake Washington? Something's going. <laughs> well, if you don't know by now, <laughs> you're never going to know. <laughs> All right, so the event is today uh, from 10 this morning until 2, museum open until 4, and uh, the Hydroplane and Race Boat Museum uh, on 196th Street in Kent. Uh, you can go to thunderboats.org for more information. Um, how many cars do you have coming? Jill, you have any idea yet? Um, we're hoping to have somewhere around 40-ish. Um, maybe more. I don't know. As I'm watching them continue to load in, um, we're going to have live music down here from 1130 to 130 by our house band, the Superchargers. They're a great band. Come on down. We'll have some, um, food for sale down here as well. So we're just going to be having a really wonderful parking lot party with hydros and hot rods. Kind of like Seafair, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> it is <laughs> uh well Jill, listen thank you so much for uh for coming on and uh telling people about this i think it's a great event uh as i said when i introduced you i love when a couple of things that i really like come together and uh you know you get that uh that synergy between two sports or two items that you know are related in some way uh you know motorsports and right. uh it's, it's really cool to see the two come together. And I, I suspect that uh, you guys are going to have a good time down there today. I believe, I know that we will have a great time down there, Vinny. And thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you and promote this. Oh, no problem, Jill. Thank you. One quick thing. Is it is it kid-friendly, Jill? Can, can you bring your family? Can you bring oh, uh, the kids definitely. out? Yes, definitely bring the kids down. Okay, good. Good. I it, I just wanted to make sure, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you, you go to some of these things and, eh, you know, that they're, they're a little bit, uh, maybe you, you don't want to bring the kids, but I, I know that this thing is, is uh, I know the twinkle in the eye of the 10 year old boy gets when he sees Miss Pardall for the first time. And oh, uh, I, I would love to love to have that twinkle happen to some kid who's uh, maybe never seen a hydro or never seen one up close before. Uh, you know, we would get love that. that. Kind of, we yeah. absolutely would love that. That that's what you're that's what you're there for, right? Exactly. Jill, I take care. Being I appreciate that it. Kid, so yeah, get them down here. <laughs> All right, thanks. I appreciate you coming on with us, and uh, good luck today at the event. All right, thank you, Vinny, and have a wonderful day. You too, Jill. Take care. All right, Jill Glass from the 
hydro and hot rods down at the hydroplane and race boat museum that'll be happening uh starting uh, at 10 o'clock this morning uh you know it's a it's a it's a fun event take the kids kids love big shiny things that are loud and believe you me between the hot rods and the hydros there ought to be some things that are big shiny and loud all right when we come back We'll get a chance to uh, talk to Nathan about uh, what I'm driving this week and lots more. It's Drive Time Radio on a Saturday morning on New York City on 1150 KKNW. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit, including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Alternative Talk 1150. Back with Drive Time Radio, New York City, hanging out with you Saturday morning as uh, we uh, work our way through uh, what is a great Saturday morning uh, up here at the studios of Esperance Media, but... I understand in other parts of the Fusion Sound, it may be kind of nice this morning. I don't know. We'll have to, why don't we check in with our friend Nathan, uh, our producer who was gone last week, but is back among the living and among the, uh, the connected. Hello, Nathan. How are you? Good morning, Finney. I'm doing great. And yeah, just looking out our window over here, seeing a little bit of, uh, blue skies opening up over to Puget Sound. That's going to gradually clear up for today. So whatever we see is gray now will probably be blue later. I like that. I like your thinking there. You have to think like that if you are, um, it, you know, if if you're uh, if you live here, you got to think that in the summer it eventually is uh, going to change, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, actually, when I was gone last week, I thought maybe I brought some of the summer back with me because I went east of the mountains to Clay Elm, and boy, the weather was nice there. And once I got back, it seemed like for the next five days, the weather was just the same as it was over in Clay Elm. Yeah, yeah, it. Uh, yeah, we, had, we. I guess we had summer last week, so we better just be happy with that, right? Absolutely, and more to come later. Just you know, we're Seattle; we got to have gray at some point. Exactly. We don't want people running around here with uh, sunburns 
and uh, stuff like that. How was your uh, how was your event last week? Everything go off okay? It was excellent. I had the privilege of taking the car I have as a loaner up there while my car is you know still in the shop. And just beautiful scenery, rolling hills. The wedding was set in a cattle barn ranch in Clay Elum. So got to see all the hillsides and some horses. I were kind of strolling around the fields. Beautiful place. Ah, good. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. You did have a good time, right? Absolutely. And I got to uh, sit in the Rivian, too. You were talking about that earlier. One of the people that was at the wedding had the... Rivian truck. He just recently got it after being on like a two-year wait period. He almost forgot he bought the truck. Suddenly he gets like a letter from Rivian saying, hey, your truck is ready. He's like, oh yeah, I forgot I ordered that thing, you know, two years ago. But that was really like the life of the wedding too, was everybody wanted to check out that Rivian truck. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely a distinctive looking truck and now they're, uh, their SUV is uh, about to hit the streets mm-hmm. uh, as well. And um, that's a, uh, you know, that's uh, supposedly from what I've heard, I haven't driven one yet, but supposed to be uh, a big deal as well. I think it's going to be a really hot car. I mean, pretty much any electric vehicle that looks uh, appealing and is can go fast is going to probably do well in the market, but. That's definitely something Rivian would need is that SUV because not everybody wants that open bed, even though it can automatically close itself. You know, people want that security of keeping stuff inside a SUV. Right, right, right. You don't want stuff flying all over the place or you don't want it to get wet or, you know, so many different things that can uh, that can happen. Uh, even if you get a nice cover on there, they still leak. And, and listen, a lot of people want uh, that third seat, uh, you know, they have. if you buy a truck like that, generally you have a, a, a larger family. So there's lots there's lots going on there. Or you could just do what we did at a wedding and, you know, put three people in the bed of the truck and then go through a drive-thru at the local fast food restaurant. I like that. I that's a that's long story cool. for another day. <laughs> I think that's a... I think that'll shock the people in uh, wherever that happens to see the bride and the groom uh, coming through. <laughs> hey, we almost fit the groom into that little tunnel storage compartment, so it could have been worse. <laughs> Poor guys getting married. You guys are harassing them. I don't know about uh, I don't know about you folks, man. I, I, things get strange out in Clay Elm sometimes. Just groomsmen having fun. Oh, okay. As long as nobody got hurt or took an eye out or anything like that, then uh, then we're good with it. Uh, do you, um, by some uh, by some stretch of the imagination, do you have a uh, a question you want to ask me? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Ah, oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, what am I driving this week? Well, that's a good question. The uh, I, I, I went electric again for the second week in a row. Uh, this one I like. I think I like it a lot better so far than the other one. Uh, the last week I had the Mazda all electric, which I know you have an affinity for Mazda vehicles. The uh, internal combustion engine ones, at least. Yeah. Well, the, you know what? The electric was actually done really well. Um, I was um, I was surprised at how much 
I actually liked the car. And um, the only problem with the Mazda, and we won't go too deep into the Mazda because we're going to hit the Volvo here, uh, was that it only has 100 miles range. It's, you know, practically a useless car. Uh, you know, with 100 miles range, it's not going to do all that much for you unless you're just going one place and coming back from one place, and it's under 100 miles. It's, uh, you know, I don't know what the, uh, the the thinking behind this car or that car was, but I don't know. Now, this week, I have something that's a totally different story, but again, I'm falling in love with this car, and that is the Volvo C40 Recharge. Um, totally electric, 4.7 seconds from zero to 60, and very environmentally conscious, not just because it has, um, you know, no leather in, in interior, no animal products, um, or that it's electric and it, uh, no zero emissions from the car, <clears throat> excuse me, but you also have a very well-designed, uh, beautiful uh, car, uh, Volvo. You know, it brings back all of the stuff uh, that people think about Volvo as far as reliability, as far as safety, as far as design. All of those things that for so many years had Volvo near the top of the queue when it came to foreign cars, even down to little Scandinavian flags in the seats, uh, is, uh, I'm happy to report, is all there. It's, uh, it, it's just a really spectacular car uh, for, you know, 65. I don't know what's the one I'm driving. $62,000, It is, uh, you know, range on this thing is 26 miles. So that falls into a nice uh, area. Means you can drive it and you can go on the road and drive it to San Francisco or up to Vancouver or out to eastern Washington, where there are now plenty of charging stations. Uh, but the comfort of this car, you know, Volvo has always been known for making a comfortable car. I mean, if they do anything well, they make the car uh, that you can take a long trip in, and it's got to be a nice experience. The seats adjust so your back doesn't uh, hurt so bad. I mean, it just, it really is kind of that hallmark for a comfortable car. That's why you saw so many of them around here, because it was a comfortable, practical car. Well, <clears throat> the C40 carries that through to the electric era. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a quick car. It really drives fast. It goes. You hit that gas. Uh, you know, I should say that with an electric car, but you hit the accelerator pedal and the car goes. It's a plug-in, uh, a plug-in, as I said, all electric. You uh, you take it, you put it up to the uh, charging machine and it charges rapidly and you're on your way. And it's, um, as I said, comfortable to get in and out of. 
it has, this is really cool. I don't know why I think this is so cool, but I do. It has blue carpeting. I mean, in these days when all the carpeting in cars seems to be black or brown or this car has spectacularly colored blue carpeting. And I don't know why it takes me, but it does. It looks just different than most anything else out there. 3,970 pounds is what it weighs in at, uh, excuse me, 4,700 pounds. It has a 3,970-pound towing capacity. So you can take this kind of hatchback, kind of small SUV, and uh, hook your little aluminum motorhome to it and drive it out into the woods and spend some time out there with nature. And um, I think you'll, uh, I think you'll be happy, pleasantly pleased with this car. It's nice to see Volvo back again in, uh, in a way, you know, in, in this modern technology, not that they've ever really gone away. And I'm sure that people will find something to complain about with this car because they always find things to complain about with any car. But I, uh, if, if you are of the mind of to take a look at an electric car, you do yourself well to uh, go by a Volvo dealer and check this one out. I don't know what their situation is uh, as far as being uh, available. Uh, but I know that uh, the tax credit is still available on the car. So uh, I think it's a $7,500 federal tax credit on this car. So um, it's, there's a lot of style going on here, a lot of uh, good looks, and a lot of, um, a lot of uh, uh, just panache. You know, the car looks cool. And it's not like everybody else is driving. This is not, you're not going to go with this car, pull into a parking lot and see seven Teslas that are the same color looking back at you. So uh, that's what I'm driving this week. We'll have a full report on the car uh, next week on Drive Time Radio. Uh, And you can also follow me on uh, Drive Time Radio and TV or Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week? And I put little reports and videos and things I find out about the car. Oh, the one thing, and Nathan, I want you to check in here with me real quick. Tell me what you think about this. Sure. There's no on and off button in the car. In the Volvo. In the Volvo. When you sit in the seat and you have the key fob in your pocket, the vehicle automatically starts up. Yeah, that kind of sounds familiar for electric cars. I've heard of that before. Yeah. I, uh, and when you get out of the car, you don't shut it off. You open the door, you get out of the car, and boom. I mean, when you have a car where the battery can always be, you know, charged and have more features on for a longer time, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly does. But I, I makes I it very easy for the driver. Yeah. It, but it definitely takes a little getting used to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a little story too about that. Yeah, not in yes. my experience, but something I heard, especially about the Rivian truck and the electrics. But you go ahead and first, since you're still talking about the Volvo. 
if you want. Oh, no, I was going to wrap up the Volvo. Okay. So anyway, we'll have the full report. I'll have pictures up on the website. It's already up on Yo, Vinny. What are you driving this week on Facebook? Perfect. Okay, your turn now. Okay, so the Rivian, it actually does not even have a key. What you do is it has, like, key cards. Those are, like, maybe for, like, valets or something or additional drivers that you can carry with you. But is right. your key is actually your smartphone. And a person who was on the uh, – had the Rivian was on, like, a long business call and stuff while he was driving the Rivian. And suddenly his phone ran out of battery. And if your phone runs out of battery, well, the Rivian – shuts off or comes to a stop because it doesn't detect a driver or anything like that or a key. So it just completely shut off on him. So if you're having an electric vehicle, make sure your phone is charged. You know, the thing I'm finding with electric vehicles and, uh, and you know, I'm not a, uh, a planet guy. I'm not a guy who goes out and plans everything, you know, it's okay. I'm going to go here and do this. I'm a very off the, you know, off the cuff kind of guy, as you well know. Uh, so uh, I've had to learn uh, in driving these electrics, number one, uh, you know, to look ahead at where I'm going so I can make sure that there's charging stations there um, to also take a look at the mileage of my trip to make sure, okay, well, I have to stop on the way back to charge or will I be able to make it there and back? What happens if there's a traffic jam? You know, will I be able to get off and and go charge somewhere? How how does this all work? So there's it's a it's a modicum of of planning that I've never really uh, you know I've always been one of those people that you get in the car and you go, and if you run out of gas, you get more gas and you go more. So it's it's a lesson for me in driving these cars. Uh, that um, you know that 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 the future uh, for us to have the kind of future that uh, these people envision, these designers and engineers and everything envision, uh, they're going to have to take into account um, people that are less organized, and what do you do about them? Or the people that are less organized are going to have to go to community college and take classes on getting organized and, you know, doing all the stuff you have to do. Because there's a little bit of involvement here. It's not just get in and go. It's that you have to you have to be involved in your car a little bit more. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's uh, so that's the uh, Yovini. Uh, what are you driving this week? We'll. Um, We'll, uh, let's see, uh, we'll uh, do our review coming up here in just a second. Don't go away, Strive Time Radio. And we'll just go ahead and go into that review right now, since we're a little bit short of time. Get as much of it as possible with Mazda's first ever electric vehicle in the United States. Uh, the Drive yeah. Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, the good, the bad, the ugly. Ah, the Mazda. Good God, did I want to love this car. I just, I, you know, I'm a big Mazda fan. And I really, I enjoy Mazda so much. I think they bake uh, performance into their vehicles. I think they bake uh, uh, 
just a, a fun time to drive. You know, you get in that car and uh, you, you know, you feel like you're driving a car, you don't feel disconnected. And I was really anxious to see how they would do that in an electric car, which is, you know, it's a, it's a great car, an electric car, but it can leave you somewhat disconnected from the road. And unfortunately, um, I liked so much about the MX-30 that it was really, it, it's unique looking. It has the clamshell doors. It um, brought out this uh, latest Mazda design language, which I thought uh, is really, you know, you get high marks for it. It was comfortable, easy in, easy out. You know, all the things that you would want in, um, in, in, in a car, never mind just an electric car, in a car. The problem with the car is that it has a hundred miles range. That's it. No backup gas engine, no nothing. You go 98 miles and you are feverishly looking for a charging station. And I just don't think many people are going to spend 45,000 bucks for a car that only goes 100 miles between charges. I mean, if that's your thing, if that's your commute, and that's all you're going to drive that car, well, you know, maybe it'll work out for you. But I, I, I in some ways, scratch my head and wonder why Mazda didn't want to release this as a hybrid. Uh, didn't want to release it as, uh, you know, have some kind of power besides just the electric motors in this thing. Because it is, like I said, a compelling vehicle. It is a spectacular looking vehicle. It's comfortable. It's, um, it's everything that you want this vehicle to be. Except it doesn't go more than 100 miles on a charge. And Mazda, you have to fix that because no matter how nice the trunk space is, no matter how good the front space is, uh, no matter what you do with this car, at 143 horsepower, give it some oomph to it, you got to go quicker than that. And that's why it gets such a low rating in a lot of the reviews. And uh, the one that I drove, great car, but it just, it's got to give you more range. And if it doesn't do that, unfortunately, it's not a car you're going to want to buy. So hopefully Mazda will figure something out for this car. As I said, it's been about 45,000 fully loaded to premium plus edition, which is the one you want to buy. Uh, but again, you have to have to have more range in this car. All right. That is going to do it for another edition of Drive Time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you um, back at the studio uh, for making everything work so well this morning. And I will catch uh, you and Nathan and everybody else next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock 
if the Lord's willing, and the creek don't rise. Have a good week.